Hello and welcome to the Motormouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. This week we are joined by a former Formula One racer and current WEC driver. He's raced alongside Lewis Hamilton, Nico Hülkenberg, my beloved Paul DeResta and more to name a few. All the way from Holland, the king of banter himself, Guido van der Gaard, joins us this week on the show to discuss F1 being back on our screens as well as the ups and downs of his own racing career. Thank you so much to you guys who continue to download and listen. If you like it, please do leave us a review. It really helps us to get bigger and enjoy. Welcome to episode 32 of the Motormouth podcast. And before we introduce today's guest, I need to head to Essex, where I find my co-host in the English county that's home to Borley Rectory, England's most haunted house, with reports of floating nuns and headless figures for over 200 years. And while we're on the subject of things that are old, Essex also has a remarkable 14,000 listed buildings with a 1,000 of them grade one or two. However, that is not what's important today in Essex, my friends. Today, Essex is important as it's home to the extraordinary, the exceptional, the elongated Harry Benjamin. How are you? Uh, wow, thank you, Tim. Always a pleasure with your introductions. Uh, I think I'm very good. I think that haunted house might actually be near where I live because there is a oh. house opposite where I live, which was used in a horror film once. So really? That was it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm all good. Just like F1's back, excited. Yes. Sort of things are getting kind of back to, I mean, it's not normal, but it's some sort of normal. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just good to be sort of back and seeing actual race cars live on a track. That was cool. So yeah. buzzing from that. And it was a great race as well. Amazing race. Um, but no, apart from that, just ticking over. You've got the good news. You've had the baby, haven't had you? Had the baby. Had the baby. Yeah. She's, uh, she's now a week old. Um, so um, when are you getting it into a car? Uh, as soon as humanly possible. Although she's yeah. actually already been in a car a few times, to be fair. And, uh, <laughs> and we're going away to Kent, uh, the Kent coast tomorrow for a few days. Nice. So a little, little holiday. But she's great. She sleeps through the night. Um, she just sleeps. She poos. She sleeps. She sleeps some more. It's, it's a breeze. Um, so um, so far, so good. And our other two boys don't sleep. So this is a this is a very uh-huh. nice change. Um, so she chilled with me and watched the F one um, from Austria, which was nice. I had a beer on the go with her. You know, parked next to me watching um, Lando do his thing. So yeah, perfect. It's it's good. Now listen, shall I introduce today's guest? Yeah, let's do it. So today we are joined by Guido van der Garde, a man who you'll know from Formula One and the World Endurance Championship. He hails from Holland and found himself on a fast track to racing stardom after starting his career in karts before progressing through Formula Renault, Formula Three, and what was GP2 before moving up to the pinnacle of racing in Formula One. Since then, he's a regular in the World Endurance Championship, and did you know he's also a savvy businessman and runs his own real estate company. It's a joy to have him here. Guido, welcome to the Motormouth podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Nice introduction. <laughs> how are you getting on, Guido? How is, uh, you're in Holland at the moment, aren't you? So how's uh, lockdown been and this sort of elongated off-season been for you? Well, to be honest, quite good. Um, I mean, lockdown, of course, we, we, uh, we had some... Uh, uh, we had some stuff that everything was closed and we couldn't do nothing for, for some com- couple of months. But to mm. be honest, the last few weeks, actually month, has been quite good. Everything has been open. Um, restaurants start to get open again. Uh, even the clubs, you can come in, have a drink and have to sit on a, on, on a chair. But uh, at <laughs> least you can come in. Yeah. And it looks like life is getting started again. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. It's been uh, it's been really odd here. We we've only just sort of started relaxing our 
um, lockdown. And as you probably saw in the news, uh, parts of London last night and, and, and over the weekend were complete chaos. Mm. Um, so um, it's it's an yeah, interesting I, time. I, I, can, I can imagine, you know, because after so many months, how long it's been? It's like four or five months yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. Everybody's bored. Everybody wants to do something. Everybody wants to get started again with the life. Mm. And, and enjoy and, um, and and I can understand and of course but on the other hand you know everybody needs to be a little bit careful and and, and, and stick to the rules but at least you need to have a, have a bit of fun as well yeah yeah exactly absolutely. I think uh, that's very well said well let's uh, let's switch up and talk about you and, and your racing career let's start off with sort of taking us back to the start really and how, how it all began do you remember that first time you, you got into a cart and, and how it all came about? Uh, yeah, of course, of course, it's been uh, it's been of course a little bit a little while, but to be honest, I still remember uh, it, the day was yesterday. But uh, it was it was a cool time. I mean, my father used to be a, a race driver when he was younger, uh, but of course, he had no money. He had to stop and had to start his own business. Um, uh, when we when I was young, we were always watching Formula One races, and we were very enthusiastic about it. And and once I got eight years old, nine years old, he said, uh, well, you want to do some go-kart? And I said, yeah, why not? Let's give it a try. So uh, we did a couple of uh, runs. And then later uh, later on, two months, three months later, he, uh, he bought me a go-kart. And from there, we, we started. And it was a pleasure. It was good fun. We were starting to, uh, to drive every two uh, every uh, two times a week, on Wednesday and on, on, on the weekend. From there on, once it started to go well, we started to go racing, uh, get more experience with that. Two years later, I won the Dutch Championship. So, um, yeah, we saw straight away that there was a, a, a bit of talent and uh, and that I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, good fun, to yeah. be honest. Do, do you remember um, when it became more than just good fun and you thought, this is something I can I can do as a career? Well, yeah, I mean, when you are 12, 13, 14, 15, it's just, it's just fun. And, and, of course, you... You enjoy it. You go over uh, all of Europe. You, uh, when you were 16, you started to go even worldwide. We went to Canada. We went to race in Japan. So we started to get already quite serious. And um, but I, to be honest, to, when I started to be become uh, a world champion in 2002, and uh, was the, the highest level in go karts. Um, we were racing with uh, with big, 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 big guys uh, who later on. Uh, Won a couple of world championships as well in Formula One, and uh, uh, yeah, from there on, I said, "Look, my goal is to reach Formula One, and um, uh, let's go for it." And um, uh, it, it took a while, but uh, on the end, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I reached my goal, and that was the, let's say, the most important thing. And obviously, F1, as you say, was the goal. In two thousand and six, you joined the McLaren Young Driver Program. How? Much of a milestone was that, and how how did, how did it uh, help you in in your career? It was amazing to be uh, one of the McLaren uh, young guns uh, guys, and 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 uh, you know Lewis was there. He, he saw he, they have been working with him uh, for a while now. Um, uh, yeah, they got him into Formula One as as well quite soon. Uh, but the program was was very good. They were one of the first who started programming with uh, with the simulators. So we did a little work with there. Um, uh, we uh, we did quite a, a bit of training there. I started to live in England as well in Weybridge. Nice. It was uh, quite a, a, a cool place to to live, and it was uh, for me, uh, let's say, the the next step that I could move on. 
because before that uh, they were we were always looking for uh, what to do uh, because the thing is in in go kart you can run more or less let's say every day well mm. when i was living in italy it was like maybe three to four times a week which is quite a lot but once you go from go kart to racing and that's the most important uh, the, the most difficult thing is that you're not able to drive every week, but you're able to only drive every two weeks and then you only have a race. Mm. So next to that, you need to adapt your life. You need to start training in the gym. You need to do some other exercise than, tra- than, than racing. And that took a, bit, a little while for me to understand the whole thing to, to, to work on, uh, on yourself next to the, the, to the races. And uh, I think McLaren helped me a lot to to find a good structure in life. And um, yeah, that was a good experience. And did that lead to, you? did you get a chance to test the F1 car? What was that first bit of F1 machinery that you were able to get in and feel that pure performance? No, it was for McLaren, it was mainly uh, to do a lot of simulator work. Um, on the end, uh, we were not able to uh, to do a Formula 1 test, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish to, uh, to have been doing that, but... Uh, yeah, things uh, was it was a bit later. I think in 2008, I had my first experience in Formula One um, because we won the uh, World Championship, uh, the 3.5 uh, World Series Championship mm-hmm. from Renault. It was an amazing year. I won uh, six six races that year. I was already before the last race. I was already champion, um, and uh, because you win the championship, you. Got a test in in Barcelona with the with the Formula One team of Renault, and uh, yeah, that was an amazing experience. Although it was a bit tough because um, that year they had like uh, Piquet and um, and Alonso in the car, ah, and uh, they <laughs> built the car around them. And those guys are fairly small, and I'm a, I, I'm quite tall, so I, I didn't really fit in the car. <laughs> so every time when you were braking, your knees start to hit the the, the monocoque, and uh, yeah. It was quite painful, but on the end, when you're driving and the other lean, it's uh, it's helping a lot. Can you can you uh, talk us through what it felt like that first time you got inside a Formula One car and that sort of visceral, raw experience? And th- was it just unlike anything you've ever driven before? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you 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 exit the pit lane, uh, you press the pit limiter button, and and you hit the throttle, and you suddenly feel whoop, all the all the G force in your neck. And it's like, holy shit! What what is this? You know, it's just just it's amazing. It's not not. But after that, it's not only the power you, you that that you feel that's amazing, but also the corner speed. And the most difficult thing was to judge the first few laps where the corners are. And what I mean with that is like, you know, I've been racing all these series before without power steering, and Formula One has power steering, so the reaction time is much quicker than you're used to the other series. So every time you brake, you start to brake late and you start to turn in. But every time you turn in too early because of the power steering, you know. <laughs> so it was, um, it was, yeah, it was quite a difficult uh, first few laps. But uh, once you get used to it, uh, yeah, it's, it's all nice. I mean, uh, the, the corner speed, the high speed corners was just amazing. And people talk about the braking, don't they? They, they? they always say one of the most incredible things about a Formula One car is, is the way it brakes. Um, I guess that also was something you had to get used to. Yeah, it, it was, of course, yeah, you, it breaks, you, you arrive much faster and you stop much quicker. Um, but for me, the, the, the most impressive thing was the, the high-speed corners, the, the, the way you could go through them, uh, the way and, and how fast. It was just, you know, another step that I was not used to. And uh, 
it took a while, but after that, I think after the day, I was quite happy with the, with the first first run I did. And um, uh, yeah, it was it was a good experience, and in the end, uh, the times were not so bad, so uh, it was good fun. Was there any hope at that time that you know a Formula One race seat might not be too far away? Because obviously, 2013 that is when you get your first full time race seat. What what was happening in those years between? Obviously, you then progressed up to uh, what Formula Two, what was then GP Two. Uh, talk us through those years and sort of balancing that, and also knocking at the door of Formula One, having had that F1 test. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I was very close to a seat with, um, with Braun GP, oh. uh, for the, for the year, uh, after because, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah, the team was <laughs> for, for sale, um, uh, and my, my, my backers, uh, my sponsors, they were in talk with, uh, with Ross Braun to, to do the team together and, uh, um, but uh, yeah, they said, look, if we do that, we will help you. But we need to put uh, one Dutch driver in next to Jensen. And in the end, it didn't work out. It was a big, uh, big disappointment because I think, uh, you know, to join that team that year would have been great for my career, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was it was like like it was. And I had to do uh, yeah, a couple of years in GP2. Now it's called F2. Uh, more than I, than I, I, I wanted uh, because every time I had a great season, especially in, in the third year, I did. Uh, I supposed to either win or be second in the championship, and then the last race all went to uh, to shit, to be honest. And I finished fourth in the championship. And uh, yeah, the year after, I decided to to quit F two um, and to focus on Formula One. I got a, a contract with uh, with Caterham to be as a as a reserve and third driver. Um, but on that year, they struggled to find a, a top driver in their GP2 team. So they decided to put me in. Uh, so I had to do another year there and then the team was still building up. Um, so it was tough on the beginning. I mean, we were struggling a lot on the beginning of the year. But after a while, we got a decent setup. We won a couple of races. And um, and then towards the end of the year, I got uh, a lot of, uh, of oh, let's say, five to six times uh, a possibility to drive on the FP1 on, on the Formula 1 uh, tracks. So free practice one. Um, and I did very, very well. The team was very, very happy and pleased the the, the progression I made during the season, the, the things I did with the uh, GP2 team. But then uh, I deserved uh, the seat in, in 2013. And um, yeah, then my dream came true, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And ha- how... Was your mindset at this stage? Obviously, you've had the knockback with Braun. Fine, get over that. You you make it to Formula One. You get your full time race seat. It's not the quickest car in the world. It's not the quickest no. car on the grid. That's for sure. Yeah. How how did that affect you? Was it frustrating, or were you buying into the bigger picture and thinking we're just building something here? Let's 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 just see what happens. How how are you dealing with that? It's a good question. Um, uh, it was tough. Tough the first uh, four to five races. Uh, the results went uh, a lot up and down. Of course, I had a teammate who um, who I knew from the past because he was also my teammate in GP2. And he had already one year experience in Formula 1. And um, uh, sometimes uh, uh, he did a much better job than I did. Uh, sometimes I did a better job than he did. But he was more consistent during the first few races. And I was very frustrated after four or five races that after 20 or 30 laps, you got uh, passed by uh, by Sebastian Vettel with a blue flag. Yeah. <laughs> and, a few, and, and a few years before, we were still teammates in Formula 3 and uh, we were uh, 
very close to each other by lap times. And suddenly this guy was now three and a half seconds quicker than me always. So it, it took me a while. Uh, but then I said to myself, look, the only thing what I can do is to beat my teammate. My teammate has the same car. He has the same equipment. So uh, let's get on with it and, and, and fight as much as possible. And it started to get better. It started to be more consistent. And yeah, the second part of the, 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 the so I call it the season, was very, very good for me. I, I beat it, uh, Charles Peak quite a, quite a lot. And uh, I think uh, I think it did a very good job and I was happy with, with the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, it was it was nice. But, of course, I wanted more. You know, I've been racing with uh, all those guys from the past, uh, with Lewis, with Nico, uh, with Sebastian. Um, and with a lot of, of, of those guys in go-kart, we started when we were 13. We, we know each other from there on. And... Uh, you know, if they are in the front and they can win championship, I am also able to at least, uh, with a good car, to finish in the, in the top ten or top five. So I decided the year after to go to to Sauber to uh, to be there the, the the third and reserve driver, with an option to have a race in 2015. And um, uh, of course, it was a step back eh, from a racing seat to to uh, suddenly to be a test driver again. But I knew that if I do do a good job there and the team will, uh, will will like me and the way I work, I'm sure that I will have a big chance to, to race again in 2015. And, uh, uh, it, it nearly happened, but uh, it went all to shit, to be honest. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was um, um, the thing that I wanted the most is just to to show myself that I'm able to uh, to reach uh, a point, to show myself that I'm quick enough and not only drive in the back. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. You look back at, at the, the sort of the end of your, of your F1 career, obviously not the way anyone wants a career. You don't want your career to end in the first place. And, but obviously yeah. your, yours was very publicized as well. Um, yeah. uh, you know, across all the tabloids more so than any other F1, F1 driver might my, my experience. Uh, we, obviously, you probably would have liked to stay in F1 longer. But do you regret anything that happened in your F1 career? Or are you, you happy with sort of you did it, you did the best you could with what you had? Mm, no, I think I did, did the best I could what I what I had. Um, uh, I wanted to race. I wanted to to show myself how good I I am, and then to to uh, to measure myself with the best in in front of the in front of the, the all the all the crowds. Um, I got a shot with Sauber. I signed a contract there, and then they decided to they, they decided to put two other drivers in with with uh, more money um, uh, because the the team was struggling money wise and. Um, for me, was that was a very big disappointment. So, I decided to to go with my backers and sponsors. Uh, like, look, guys, I have a contract. Uh, I signed a contract much earlier, and I wanted to race. So, we had to go, um, yeah, all the way. That was the only thing to to at least reach um, uh, to to reach something because I, I was all the time in my head. I, I was super fit. I was willing to give everything that season, but. And in the end, it, it turned um, it turned out that um, yeah, I had no no contract or let's say no 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 seat that season. They bought off my contract, and I was sitting home in 2015. And that was, um, to be honest, a very very tough period because um, yeah, you know, suddenly you had to race, see all the races from from home. Uh, you had no nothing to do. Uh, you had no goal. No 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 no. Uh, uh, no, no racing anymore. So um, yeah, that was a very tough period in my life. Um, um, but uh, yeah, on the other end, it's still, it's just, it's still a pity that I couldn't show myself uh, in, in 
in a decent car that uh, that year. Uh, the the, the Sauber on the beginning of the year, they had a quite good car. Um, so it was a pity, yeah, to to be honest. But um, we won all the court cases. We won all the cases, but on the end, uh, I had no race seat. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like this. It was yeah. like this. It's a, it's obviously a, a low point for you personally. Um, you know, having to drag things through courts, but but mainly not not driving for that year. However, it did all change, and um, twenty sixteen, you're back racing. How did the World Endurance Championship come about? Good, good, good. It was, um, you know, I was I was in doubting to the end of two thousand fifteen what to do because I was without uh, uh, racing nearly one year. Uh, of course, that year I, I was quite lucky because I got a good job with uh, with Pirelli. I was doing a lot of development for the Formula One and GP2 tires. I was still testing a lot, um, uh, but still had in my mind, look, guys, I'm young, uh, I'm still fit, I'm still sharp. I'm sure I can show myself uh, somewhere that I'm able to do a good job. So we were looking around to, um, to see several options in uh, the end of 2015, and. Uh, we looked at DTM, we looked at the uh, uh, World Endurance Championship and the European Le Mans series. And um, then I got very, a, good, a very good effort from, from Yota, uh, offer, sorry. And uh, I decided to uh, race with Harry Tingno and Simon Dolan, two English drivers, uh, to do the European Le Mans series. And um, yeah, in the end, it was a very good position. We won the championship in 2016. Uh, I think it was a, a, a bit of a game changer for me because suddenly... You come from a Formula One car, you jump in a car that's a little bit slower, but it was a very good fun fun car to drive, but you had suddenly teammates that you had to work with. And normally, you always had teammates that you were against, you know, you had to beat them. So the first few tests, um, I had to, to adapt myself uh, because, uh, you know, always you wanted to be the fastest and the quickest and the most time on track and the most time to drive on and, and to do the testing. But the first day of testing, uh, we were with uh, three drivers, and I jumped in at one o'clock in the, the afternoon because they did the morning. Yeah, I was like, "What, what, what the fuck is this? <laughs> why, 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 why I cannot drive? I need to, to drive. Come on, I never drove in this." I've come from Formula One. So, Do you not know who I am? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it was it was a little little game changer. But I have to be honest that uh, Harry Harry Tingno is a, is a good friend now. Uh, super lovely guy. I I really like him. And he helped me a lot to understand the whole world of endurance racing. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I dialed in quite well. Uh, we won the first race uh, straight away in Silverstone. And then on the end of the year, we won the championship. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a good year and a nice nice comeback, to be honest, in, in racing. Yeah. Mm. The World Endurance Championship has certainly proven to be quite a, a, a really good championship, especially for to show to allow drivers to showcase, you know, that, that their skill and and really helps uh, their career sometimes after after it's um, you know mixed results in Formula One. But you were racing uh, an LMP2 car, that's right, isn't it? What yeah. what are the main differences between that and a Formula One car? Um, well, that year was quite big. Uh, now I'm, we were racing the the new LMP2 cars, mm. um, and to be honest, they are really fast. Um, uh, it, it's it's I think they're one to two seconds slower than F2 um, in Silverstone we were in qualifying only one second off uh, compared to the qualifying in, in Formula 2 um, so it was um, uh, it was it was to be honest a very very it, it is a very quick car uh, it's a very nice car to drive I mean that, that, that what I mean is it's like the downforce level and the power level 
Um, and of course, you have to do it with with teammates, and and that's that's what I like. I mean, um, I, I we have a great team now. Uh, a Dutch uh, uh, guy who owns a lot of supermarkets, Fritz van Eert, he owns Jumbo supermarkets in Holland. He, uh, I started to work with him in 2008, and um, he's also sponsoring Mark Verstappen, and he's doing a lot of support sponsoring as well in Holland. And a lovely guy, and uh, he's really passionate about racing. And I try to help him as much as possible because um, he's uh, 52 years old, and uh, he's our let's say gentleman driver in our category. And, um, so I'm I'm not only racing myself, but I'm also coaching him, try to understand and that yeah, that he's getting faster, quicker, uh, managing the traffic, uh, managing the, the 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 car because it it is a quick car, and uh, yeah, we're having a lot of good fun and good times. And I think this year or this season we did uh, so far uh, very very well. We won a race and we finished one time third on the on the on the in Silverstone and. Um, yeah, it was. It, it's uh, we're having a lot of fun, and uh, I, I love I love to to race with him. To to be honest, now um, I'm keen to get your thoughts on Formula One. We've just had um, the return of racing, thank God, in uh, Austria over the weekend. Um, yeah. You commentate yourself um, on the Formula One. What, what's your take on modern Formula One? Um, uh, presumably, you watch a lot of it. What do you think about it these days? Uh, yeah, it's it's those cars are really fast. I mean, uh, you know, I was racing in 2013, and those cars, uh, especially the cars where where I drove in, was uh, was quite uh, bad sometimes, quite difficult to drive. But uh, nowadays, you see the the cars are on rails. You don't see them moving, especially the Mercedes. They they did a really good job. Um, and yeah, it it it. Of course, I had to be honest. The, the last few years, it's been a little bit boring because there was only one team dominating. Uh, winning races, winning championship, uh, they did the best best they could. Um, but I think this year is going to be a, a more interesting year, especially because um, the teams are much more closer. Uh, the, the rules are still the same, um, and I think it's going to be a, a, a nice year. Let's say. Now, obviously, you're a big supporter of of Max Verstappen. Who who is your um, you know is it Max is your is your one to watch or is there another superstar that you think is worth keeping an eye on this season? Well, for me, uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, mm. He's the he's the one. Uh, I mean, I've been racing with him all my life until I was uh, thirty. Uh, we started in go karts. We met each other when we were thirteen, um, and from there on, I saw already straight away. He was super talented, super focused. Uh, he had a good background with McLaren people there, you know. Uh, and he made the most out of it. Um, and, and the funny thing was, in, in the lower series in, in, in cars, like for Moreno, for Mod 3, he was okay. But the faster the cars start to, to become, uh, now you, nowadays also in Formula 1, the quicker he, he's, 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 uh, he is. And... That's very nice to see. I mean, um, I think he's one one of the the the, um, the, the biggest competitors I ever raced with, and for me, he's one of the the best drivers in the world we ever had. And of course, uh, um, I never raced with Max Verstappen, but I know him very well. I know Jos very well because Jos was tuning my go kart engines when I was when I won the, the world championship in go kart in two thousand two. Oh. Uh, I, I made. Um, uh, I spent a lot of time with the family. I spent a lot of time with Max. He was only that year three, four years old, and I know the. Now I know them very, very well, and I know 
Max, uh, how good he is. And I think he has the same level as, as Lewis. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, the cars are not close enough yet this season. Mm. So uh, I like to see I like to see them more closer and, and and to see them battling because I think that will be amazing for for everybody uh, on 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 to see the race with with them battling in front of you. When we have the uh, the rule changes finally come in and and uh, the cars are going to look very very different, do do you think that's going to have a big impact on on the racing? Are we going to see a little bit closer? A car's going to be able to get closer to the car in front? I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, the, the, they 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 made some changes or changes already a couple of years ago. Um, I think it helped, but it was not not enough. Uh, but I think the new rules it will it will be very good for Formula One because we need more excitement, we need more overtaking. Uh, although, don't forget that yesterday race was already uh, or that last weekend race was already quite interesting. And uh, it was um, a lot of things were going on. So I think the the the, the whole field is already more close than, than ever. Mm. I think that that's already good for Formula One. But uh, for sure, I'm looking to the new rules. I, I think we should just race in Austria every weekend. And uh, thank God <laughs> we're going there again this week. The only thing I was thinking was, and I was listening to Jenny Gao, who, who incidentally uh, was on this show a few weeks ago, but she was talking on Five Live um, about next uh, the race coming this weekend in Austria again and having to go through FP1, FP2 on the Friday. Is it, what's the point? Is there a point? Do you think they'll change it up a little bit or will it just continue as a normal race weekend? No, I think they will continue as a normal race weekend because, um, you know, you, you never know what's happening. Uh, you mm. know, it's it, maybe the, the, the weather changing, maybe it starts to rain. Um, I'm sure that some teams will come up with some updates. Uh, they were not sitting still for the last uh, few weeks in the factory. Uh, they will bring new updates, uh, new parts. Um, they have to test it again on FP1, FP2 and take it from there. But uh, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's going to be hopefully again an excited race um, because I really enjoyed the race last, last weekend. And um, uh, I think it's going to be again an, an, a nice race because you, when you see the midfield, it's very close. Mm. Uh, but still... Still, guys, uh, the Mercedes needs to go a little bit slower. Yeah. A little bit. Do, do you think, and, are we uh, going to see another podium full of Mercedes cars? Do you think, oh, well, I mean, Lewis wasn't in the end, but what's your top three? Who do you expect to take the podium in this coming race? Uh, I think Lewis is a little bit angry, a little bit pissed off. So I think he's going to win that race. <laughs> uh, I, I know him. I know him uh, quite, quite, quite well, and, and and yeah, you know, after a weekend like 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 last weekend, he's he's a bit pissed off, and he's like, "Fuck, okay, now I'm gonna hammer it down and show you who I am." And um, I hopefully uh, Red Bull is doing well, so I, I expect that Max uh, is also angry, especially after what happened last weekend with with no points. So he's gonna be second. And then the way I put on on third, uh, maybe Bottas because he's still in a, in a nice flow from last weekend. Yeah, we'll hold you to that. Yeah, we'll be sharing those. Okay, good. Um, Guido, do you have uh, an idol? Have you had an idol racing or otherwise a hero that someone you've looked up to over the years? Um, yeah, when I was younger, it was Arton Senna, Michael Schumacher, mm. and uh, those were uh, yeah, of course the, the the guys that you looked up to. Um, um, I was lucky to to meet Michael and uh, spend a bit of time with him. Uh, very lovely guy. And look, uh, unfortunately, I have never met uh, 
uh, Arctana. I, I really would have wished to 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 meet him. Uh, but he was a big inspiration for my career, but a lot of for I think for a lot of people. You know, I think he was a very special guy with a, with a special talent, um, and also his story, what he did, uh, the way he, he did things in in his career, but also next to the racing. Um, yeah, he had a he was a, a good guy, let's say. Mm. Now, listen, um, it's uh, it's time to change things up a little bit here, Guido. This is the important part of the interview. Um, we are going to introduce you to our very famous quiz. I will pass you to my illustrious co-host to introduce you to Motormouths. Yes, key music, Guido Vandegaard. Welcome to Motormouths, the hardest quiz in motorsport. Uh, now, I have got uh, four questions for you, plus a bonus question. There are 13 points up for grabs. Uh, we, just, we love an odd number. Um, at the moment, in first place is Martin Plowman. Second place is Brendan Hartley. Uh, and third place is Ollie Webb. They are currently uh, filling out the top three at the moment. Um, okay. Bottom of the list is uh, Karun Shantop. Still. Half points. So uh, you've got him to beat. Um, yes. So I'm going to ask these questions and basically, hopefully, they're all to do with you roughly in your career. So that should help. Um, okay. Let's roll on with question number one. Guido, during your year racing for Caterham in 2013, what was the highest race position you achieved? Uh, it was P13 in Budapest. Was it P13? Uh, <laughs> he said it so P13, confidently. Oh. P14. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you it. I'm going to give you mm, how many? I'll give you two and a half for that one yeah, because okay. it, it, it was in Budapest and Hungary. So you got that as well. Two and a half points out of three. Okay. Question two. Caterham were initially called Team Lotus and debuted in 2010. But who were their main two drivers? Uh, it was um, Jarno Trulli. And it was Heike Kovalainen. Oh, yes. round of applause. Points. Full points on that one. Okay. Question three. In what year did Racing Team Netherlands, your, your current team in the World Endurance Championship, in what year did they first compete in the 24 Hours of Le Mans? This was the year before I raced with them. So it was 2017. Oh, yes. he's on fire. He's looking good. He's on it. Okay, right. We're going to play you a little clip now and have a listen. And I want you to answer um, who's talking in this clip and what are you talking about? Here it comes. Have a listen. Oh, I don't know. My da- it's a What does that mean? Okay, it's not so bad. Oh, phew. <laughs> Any ideas? Who's talking there? You're in that clip. You're talking to somebody. There's a bit of uh, bleeping out there. What's going on, do you think? I don't know. I think some something swearing, but uh, I think I'm, those are the guys from Sky. Yes, correct. Um, um, Who's the guy that does the notebook? Yeah, exactly. Ted Kravitz. Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so he chatted to Ted about Dutch swear words, basically. Uh, exactly, uh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give you the full points. I'm feeling, I'm feeling quite uh, generous today. Okay, bonus question for you. Mm-hmm. What position... Did you finish the 2013 Formula One World Championship in? Last. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're wrong. 
really? You weren't. You were 22nd out of 23. You beat Max <laughs> Chilton. Oh, wow. Chilton. Really? Oh, yeah, nice. you beat Chilton. Okay. Uh, so not the bottom. That's, that's a good one. Okay. Not the bottom. I, I, I okay, right, let me do the maths. Oh, poor old Max in, in the Marusha. Yeah. Oh. Well, Guido, it doesn't matter that you were uh, second to last in F1 because let me just do the maths again. Three, four, five, six. It feels good. You have shot up the leaderboard and you have taken third place. So, Guido van der Graad, you are third in the hardest quiz in motorsport. And we've had some big names on there. We've had Ido Mortara, <laughs> Will Buxton, Buemi, David Coulthard could only manage 14th. So okay. uh, you've done Not very bad. well there. Not Thank bad. you, Guido, Thank you. for playing Motormouth. Well done. Huh? Good Thank result. You. New person on the podium. That's what we like to see. Now, listen, Guido, yeah. if, if you had access to a time machine, where would you go back to in your career? Would you change anything? Or is there any advice that we, you would have given your younger self to change what might happen in the future? Not, I'm not going back because, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, life goes how it goes. Um, and the most important thing to, to give advice to the, to the young people is to follow your heart, to follow uh, your goal, uh, to have a goal uh, and to go for it. And uh, uh, when you are uh, um, pushing hard for it and you find good people around you and you believe in yourself because that's the most important thing, and you have the results, you will reach the goal. Yep. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure of that. And, uh, uh, you know, don't look back. Always look forward. It has no sense to look back and, um, and, and, and go from there. You, you're, are you still working with some young drivers? I know you've done some in the past. You've looked yeah. after a few guys. Are you still doing that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm coaching now, uh, um, or managing actually, uh, a young guy in go-karts. His name is Thomas Tenbrinke. Uh, last year he won the world championship in in junior, so he's a he's a good guy, very quick. Um, uh, so hopefully he will uh, start racing a car soon. I think uh, next year we're looking at it at the moment. And uh, yeah, I think he has the potential to to do very well. And uh, and I hope to to reach a, a high level with him. Uh, but we take it from from each year, you know. Yeah. We, we, we look at it, uh, results, how things are going, what are the, the, the structure, what to do next to racing, how you build them up to uh, to start racing, and uh, yeah, it will be uh, will be good fun to to work with him. Yeah, that must be very satisfying passing on your knowledge to to a young driver and watching him come up through the ranks. But you're not um, exactly old yourself; you're 35, right? So you've still got yeah. racing left in you. Is there anything outside of WEC or Formula One? Is there anything else that you'd like to race in? Have you got have you earmarked something in future years that you'd like to do? Um, no, no. I mean the 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 the, the LMP2. I, I really enjoy that. It's a good car, good racing. Uh, and I really enjoyed to work with uh, Fritz van Eert, the, the driver I, I race with. And um, uh, the only thing maybe I would like to do that's still on top of my list is to do the Daytona 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Of course, the 24 hours Le Mans, it was uh, nice. We're going to do it again this year. But uh, yeah, one, one thing that I really would love to do is the 24 hours Daytona. So uh, hopefully I have the chance to do it uh, already next year. But, uh, but let's see. Um, I, I mean, still enjoying racing. I'm still quick, to be honest. Uh, so that that's good, and and I have the experience in the in the in, in the whole series, and that uh, that means a lot. And to be honest, I really like uh, working with Fritz. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's good fun. No, no, um, no interest in hopping across to a bit of Formula E action. No, 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 no. It's not not really my thing. Uh, <laughs> of course, the way they build it up, because uh, I, I know the owners from the the, the whole series quite well. 
big respect to the guys. Uh, big respect that they build up uh, so fast. They have, they have all the, the big manufacturers there. So uh, I, I love to see the races. I tested myself the cars and um, I don't really like, like it. No. <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, what's your road car though? What do you drive on the daily? I have a Porsche Macan. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's a GTS, but uh, I live in Amsterdam, so I'm not using it a lot. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, with the family, I have a young boy from nearly two years old. Quite handy to have a decent, uh, big car. So uh, if we go out, that uh, we can take a lot of stuff with us. And uh, but what we, when you live in a city like Amsterdam, everything you do with with a bike. Yeah, mm. you cycle around, and uh, that's uh, that's good enough. Who's your Who's your best pal in racing? Best pal um, uh, in my racing days uh, when I was really doing Formula One, it was Nico Hulkenberg. I'm still in touch with him uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's a nice guy. I mean, I grew, I grew up with him. He was also a bit younger than me, but we were racing the same go kart team, and then we were in Formula One for for three years together. Uh, yeah, good guy, uh, good fun, uh, relaxed, uh, super talented, mega fast. Um, and nowadays, I think uh, I'm uh, getting along very well with uh, uh, with Max because I know him from from uh, from when he was a very young boy, <laughs> a child actually. Uh, yeah, and you know, you come along with uh, I, I get along with a lot of people and a lot of drivers. I'm an easygoing guy, so that's good. Just on, just on Max, I'm curious. When when you first saw him racing those years ago, um, could you see that there was something special in him, at, even at that young, early age? Yeah, straight away, straight away. I mean, even the first few years in go kart, of course, it's tough to see. Uh, but once you go out uh, and race in Italy, race the World Championship, European Championship, I was still in touch with Jos quite a bit, um, and you 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 could hear already all around the paddock in, of go-karts, like, oh, fuck, this guy is, is the one. Watch him, he will do well. Yeah. And he won European Championship, World Championship, and then he moved to cars, and straight away, the first few tests, uh, first few races, it was super impressive. So, yeah, hopefully uh, he will win the championship uh, in Formula 1 soon. Yeah. Uh, the good thing in Holland, the, the racing is, is huge and big at the moment. A lot of people watching Formula One. Uh, it's a big happening here, so uh, that's also good for me. Yeah, and and there are some good Dutch teams. I mean, it's Van Amersfoort, isn't it? Um, who are one of the yeah. uh, the big teams in, in Holland? Do you think there'll ever be um, uh, someone like them that makes the step up and has a team in F one? Um, it's tough. It's tough to 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 become a Formula One team. I think it's very hard. Uh, but of of course, uh, we also have MP Motorsport from Holland. Yeah. They're doing F three and F two at the moment. Uh, I think they had a good, good, uh, good race last weekend. They won with F2. Uh, they finished uh, second with F3. Um, so I think it's a very competitive team. But yeah, to reach Formula One, you need to have a, a lot of budget, a lot of money behind, uh, a big sponsor behind. Um, I, at the moment, I don't see it uh, yet. But you never know. Yeah. Mm. Do you have any hidden talents? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. intriguing. Oh, yeah. Go on then. Um, um, my own, my hobby was also playing like like I like to play uh, music, so uh, DJing, and um, I get on quite well with the DJ decks. He's the, the I started in two thousand 
10, 11, I got some lessons and I started to get, get better and better. And it was good fun because, you know, we were racing, was a test driver of Formula One and there were always some after parties. So the guys that, hey, can you do some DJing? Yeah, I don't know. It's not, not, I'm not super good. Yeah, do it. I started to do playing some uh, some after party there, and uh, yeah, it was uh, good fun. And I have to say, I'm quite quite good at it. Um, I have a good friend of mine. He's uh, Ryan Marciano, like a top DJ in, in Holland. Mm. He's playing. He's like a duet with Sonnery James, and um, it's. Uh, I play sometimes with him, and uh, it, it's good fun. I, I enjoy that. It's uh, music uh, makes you relax, makes you happy, oh. and uh, that's also important in life. That's very cool. That officially yeah. makes you the coolest mm. racing driver we've had on the show. Yeah, everybody else is just like, nah, not really. Nah, I'll no, cook a bit. Just like racing. Yeah. Uh, it's like boring. But that was great. Um, that, all right, then. Flip it on his head. What are you terrible at? Oof. Um, uh, um, paperwork? <laughs> paperwork, yeah. Uh, no, I've, of course, I'm, I'm running a business in Holland, a real estate company. I uh, started this uh, two years ago and it's getting uh, bigger and bigger. We do a lot of development in Amsterdam and uh, we're making uh, very nice, cool properties, very high end. Um, but I don't like to do the, the paperwork. I'm not good at getting all the business together and uh, making the most out of it. But paperwork's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm <laughs> certainly with you. Um, we have a final three questions which we ask all of our guests. Um, Harry, you want to kick off with number one? Yeah, go on then. Guido, what's got you excited at the moment? Um, that Formula One started again. Uh, that, that's, that's very excited for, for, for my life but also the, the people in Holland uh, here. Mm. You, you know, it, it's, it's, it's super cool. Uh, we've been waiting for it for, for a while now of course, yeah, my own racing starts again as well. We've been doing some testing uh, last week in Barcelona. Uh, we have the first race in August. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. If you were not a racing driver, had this career never happened, what would you be doing? DJ. Ah, there you go. If you're traveling, it'd be Tiesto. One of those. Yeah, no, 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 not Tiesto. No, no, no. It was, actually, it was, uh, I was a big fan of him. I still am, actually. Um, but I met him a couple of times. Super, super nice, nice guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I like to to play, but to be honest, I think uh, you can't I, you I can't do a high me Algashwari and uh, and go off and become a DJ full time. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, I think he's doing well actually. Uh, yeah. But it's it's it's. Uh, I think I I would have been a, a businessman. Uh, my mm. my father and mother they had a big company in Holland. They bought, uh, they sold the uh, baby articles, like trolleys, rooms, mm. stuff like that. And uh, I think uh, when I didn't have the racing, I would have been doing that uh, to build up the business, company business from the, from the family. But uh, I'm happy I, uh, I did my racing, let's say. Yeah. All right, then. Well, final question for you, Guido. What are you scared of? Not much. <laughs> no, it's yeah. My wife is always saying that that uh, that I'm never scared. Um, I've never been scared for not a lot of things in in my life. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's. I think maybe it's a bit of racing driver or or at, like an athlete. You know, they're never scared. I think once once you get scared, you should have stopped racing. Mm. Of course, you look you look at a different. Per, 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 
perspective, um, uh, when you get a child, I mean, last year or nearly two years ago, I forgot our son, Dex, you look at life a little bit different, um, but I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Would you, would you be happy if, if your son went down the racing route? Um, yeah, I would like to do that with him. I mean, you know, if I look at the, the story, Jos and Max Verstappen, it's, uh, it's a super cool story. You know, uh, the way they did it together and to, 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 uh, to get him in Formula One at a very young age, I think that's uh, unbelievable. But uh, yeah, if my son would, would love to race, um, I will not push him. But if he would love it, yeah, why not? Uh, but nowadays, the only thing what he likes is, is a ball. He likes to play football yeah. every day. He's, the first word he was saying, not mommy, daddy, but ball. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's becoming a football player. Who knows? Excellent. Oh, well, brilliant. Well, hopefully we'll have a, a mini Van de Gaard uh, in the sporting world uh, soon. Guido, thank you so much for coming on to the Motormouth podcast. It's been amazing to chat to you about your career and get your thoughts on, on Formula One. Looking forward to going racing again this weekend, of course, for the World Endurance Championship to get back going as well for you. Um, but Guido, thank you very much for coming on to the Motormouth podcast. Yes, thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and on facebook just search motormouth you can download the motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from mmtv create your own social profile and interact with others and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy don't forget to like subscribe and review and until next time you've been listening to the motormouth podcast